Hey everybody, welcome back to the Empire State Conservatives Podcast, episode 169. It is me, your host Evan, here with the infamous Gabe Montalvo and our very special guest, the founder of the Censor You Movement, Angel Kiros. Angel, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you guys for having me. Super honored to be here. All right, before we get into it, a lot to talk about today. But before that, just a reminder, visit our website at EmpireStateConservNetwork.com for all of our blogs, merch, video, audio, and all the other things that are guaranteed to make your liberal coworkers and family members think that you are a white supremacist, just like they think Gabe is. But let's just get into it, Angel. Before, before we really get into the conversation, I want you to give the folks at home kind of just a background of what the Censor You movement is and why you decided to launch it. Sure. So this is something that uh, my friend Morgan and Ariel uh, and I started about, I want to say a few months back, uh, maybe less than that, right after, right the Friday before the election, uh, there was like a huge sweep of conservative voices on Instagram in particular, I think Twitter as well. People were getting censored left and right. Their accounts were getting deleted, accounts with like 21,000 people following them. And we just decided that, you know, if somebody had to speak up, somebody had to dedicate an entire movement to talking about this stuff because I hadn't seen anything like that up to, up until this point. You know, since then, there's been stuff like Candace Owens doing Facebook, but we just decided that it was super important to really get behind creators and get behind independent journalists and showcase when they are being censored and when, what big tech is doing to kind of silence these specific ideas. I mean, that is huge. Like, first of all, anyone who's been a member of our group for the last two years knows that we have basically been censored from the beginning. Um, it's, it's been really ridiculous. We were actually banned from Instagram for no reason about three days before the election. And they, right. kept, they kept telling me that, oh yeah, no, we let you back in. I'm like, no, you didn't. You keep telling <laughs> me I'm not allowed back in. And they gave it me no reason. Yeah. Because no, we, have, we, we violated have... community standards. Well, what community standard? Oh, uh, just community standards. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's one of the big things that we're, we're trying to combat or the, one of the big points that we're trying to address is. The, cl the clarity of the community standards, first of all, and then the fair application of those standards to, to anybody, regardless of your political affiliation. So that that's one thing. I mean, just like you guys said, um, I had friends that their their page was deleted on Friday. They, they called Instagram, they emailed them, whatever. And then maybe two, three days later, the day after the election, they were restored. And it was like nothing ever happened. And it's like, OK, well, we did that. But uh, there's nothing that you can do about it. There's no way you can complain, really. No, and there's, there's no one to call. You send an email and they go, okay, we'll get back to you in 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no review process. It's just, we've decided that we want to ban your account. And they do it, They once in a while, they'll hit the big accounts, but they do it a lot to the smaller accounts. Like we're a smaller account. We're at 3,400 followers right now on Instagram. Yes, our Facebook page is at 13K, but our Instagram is much smaller. And they realize like, hey, these guys don't really have the ability to push back too hard against us. So you know what? We're just going to ban a bunch of 3K accounts. And if we ban 50 of those, then, you know, we did what we wanted to do. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think the bigger that somebody gets, the less likely they are to censor them. I think the Alex Jones thing was like a big uh, it was an anomaly in the sense that somebody with such a high profile would just get completely taken off of, of all social media. But like you said, they're they're censoring a bunch of smaller accounts that maybe don't have the resources or the finances or the connections even to push back against such a big conglomerate like big tech. Gabe. Oh, no, definitely. Oh, no. I mean, it's just because I'm thinking about everything that we've seen happen to us over the course of this election cycle. Uh, I wouldn't think that anything that I would personally would say would actually get me either shadow banned or have a community action strike taken against my page because everything that I've said has been either moderately tame uh, or verifiable with evidence. I mean, there's nothing that I could really imagine. So I'm trying to go over the things that we've even shared of what we've even said. And that's the importance of understanding speech. Free speech doesn't mean that I have to say things that you enjoy, that you like, that particularly. I don't have to cater to you the same way you don't have to cater to me. And I know that we're going to get into that later on, but I find it very important that it's that we, that we have to look at the fact that there are people that are being limited for wrong think. If you don't think the same way that these executives at Google, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, these social media conglomerates, oligarchs, I'll go even further to say that, they will make sure that your message is not heard. They'll make sure that you're not even seen. If you're not promoted, then you don't exist. If people don't know that you exist, 
I've seen the conservative Latina. She has over a hundred thousand people. Sometimes she'll get less than a thousand likes, depending on the you know on content. And that's really when she's pushing for petitions, when she's pushing for actual like activism uh, things. Anna Paulina's at two hundred thirty thousand, I think, uh, on Instagram. She's getting maybe uh, you know a couple of like maybe ten thousand. And by our margins, that's decent. But when you have hundreds of thousands of people literally following you, and you're not even like you know sometimes making that fifty to seventy-five, that's less than half of the people that are choosing to follow you. I remember when I put up my Kyle Rittenhouse photo, I said one of the pedophiles do it died doing what he loved, chasing minors, because Kyle Rittenhouse <laughs> is a was a minor. Right. <laughs> and he died on account and the, the pedophile died on account of it. So people said that, that was violence. I was inciting violence. No, that was just a comment as a joke that someone put under an actual uh, news outlet. And it was taken down. It got actually at the time, it surpassed the amount of followers. The amount of likes I got at the time surpassed the amount of followers that I had. It was at 2.4 thousand. So I was like, wow, so this is something here that's kind of funny that people obviously find um, that they want to. But then Instagram says that we have to protect the community from you. I'm like, but my community that I'm building here is centered <laughs> on those who follow me. I'm not forcing anyone. I'm not buying people off to follow me. So if they want to follow me, it's obvious because they, are, they feel safe enough that I'm able to provide them content that they might enjoy. But still yet, it was wrong thing because Kyle Rittenhouse should apparently deserve to burn in hell for whatever it is that he did for self-defense. Yeah, I think one of the big parts of this conversation that I always get a lot from the left is um, the critique that we sound like we're quote unquote complaining, right? Like this is something that these private companies are doing and if we don't like it, we can just up and leave and we don't have to participate. But I think it's important to, to think about how relevant and how I guess predominant social media has become in our culture. It's literally where we go now to see what everybody's saying. It's the, it's the public square. And so when you kick a certain group of people or an ide ideology out of the public square, you're alienating those people from society in a nutshell. And the more we progress into technology, the more in tune with technology we're going to be. And if we start isolating people away from that technology, now we're just pretty much saying those people don't deserve to associate with the rest of us. They don't get to be with the common folk. They're, they're wrong. They're dangerous. They're oppressive. And that to me is a slippery slope because it, it's one of the big critiques I have of conservatives who, who say, oh, we just need, we need to all go on parlor and we need to all go on rumble. It's like, sure, we need to diversify for sure. So that if we do get canceled or we do get kicked out, we have somewhere to post, but to just up and leave, it, it's kind of giving over the reins to a super left oligarchy, like you were saying, Gabe, that, that is super tied to the Democrat Party. And to me, that's the most dangerous and the most scary thing that I can think of. But mm -hmm. that's that's the strategy the Demo that the conservatives have been using for years, and it hasn't worked. What did they do right. with academia? All the conservatives left left academia. They're like, oh, it's full of liberals. Well, how about you push back? And it's the same thing that happens. Oh, we don't like New York. We're going to leave. How about you push back? Because eventually there's going to be nowhere left to run. You see these places that were once red strongholds. It rotates. People move. But the problem is that you're not having conservatives go into blue areas. Why? Because they don't want to push back. So instead of fighting, instead of getting done what's right, you're just giving up. And that's I'm, that's not who I am. I'm not willing to do that. But this, whole, like you said, censorship is a slippery slope. And, they, and the other side doesn't understand that. Because all it takes is for the other group to be in power. And then they go, okay, we're censoring you. Now they're going to cry in the streets. That's what they'll do. <laughs> Because That's exactly what I was talking to somebody about. based off of free expression, free expression of ideas. It's the most American thing in the world to have an open forum on social media where people all over the country and all over the world can share ideas, debate ideas. You don't have to agree, but you have you. If someone has a, said something stupid or something dangerous, guess what? I can go speak against them. That's what right. they don't want to do because they can't combat our ideas because our ideas are better and their ideas are garbage. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's such a funny thing to think about now. The left is pro-censorship. To me, that that is very telling of their whole ideology and, and everything that they believe in. The fact that they think that they can control the way other people speak or the way that other what other people think, not even what they say, right, is um, th that to me is one of the bigger problems. So uh, I, I talk uh, to, I talk about all of the censorship stuff to with a lot of people that are on the left, and their general posture seems to be like. Um, I'm, I don't mind if fake news gets censored, right? And and to me, all I have to do to push back on that is say like, okay, well, who decides what's fake or not? 
Exactly. It's the same thing with hate speech. Okay. Well, you who do you want to decide what hate speech is? The government. Okay. Well, right now, President Trump is still your president. So when you say F Donald Trump, guess what? Now that's hate speech. You're getting thrown in jail for a year. Do you still <laughs> like it? Right. Mm-hmm. It's on itself. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I, I was just going to say that th- that's the issue here is when it's not just about, oh, well, the right wing is crying because we're being censored and we can just up and go somewhere else. It's not that. It's just the principle of the matter. When you have, it's, it's a different thing if no one got involved. If people just allow the, the uh, even playing field for everyone to just yell at each other, if you want to monitor, you know, people that are inciting violence, I'm going to kill you and your family. Sure, I understand. I think that's a universal thing that people are going to agree upon that should not be said or those are things that should not enter that field because you're inciting violence, which goes against our First Amendment. But when there are people actively, uh, and James O'Keefe exposed this, but when there are people actively saying that we are going to censor you on the basis of your idea for thinking how you believe, that's no longer not being partisan. That's no longer a platform that these social media people claim that their uh, sites are, the applications are. It is now a publisher where they elect to choose what they want to promote more than others. When you have literal uh, you know, management and uh, supervisors and directors in these, you know, in these businesses saying that they want to eliminate all of the Trump supporters' accounts, sometimes even kill them or just erase them. Or even That's put them on the fun- list. Yeah, put them on the list. That's a fundamental issue. And here's the power of social media is that what happened was people didn't really care to stay that connected uh, until the 2015-2016 election. Nobody really understood what Joe, the miner uh, in the Midwest, thought. Or what, the, uh, or what the coal miners thought in Pennsylvania. Nobody really understood because at that time, social media was like, hey, I'm going to like this uh, my friend's, uh, on my friend's page on his wall or whatever, or hers. I'm going to see whatever they're producing. It's really home and, and uh, primary and secondary group oriented. No one really got their news per se from it. They got updates and they go research it themselves. Then with the social media shift that we saw when tr- uh, Trump took everything to Twitter, Everyone decided that they could have a voice, and as they should, and that's where people started getting the majority of their updates from. So when you then take people that you didn't know about before, you give them a voice, and then you have someone like Hillary Clinton saying that you're deplorable just for being who you are and for living where you are, and thinking that you're more educated and better than somebody else, and you're just like, and then you have to silence them. You pissed off an entire part of the country that finally felt as though they had a voice, that they didn't have to be in New York or L.A. to be told you know, they didn't have to finally be told what to think by somebody else. They could express how they felt. They didn't have to be portrayed however the media decided they were to be portrayed as. And that's what social media did. And now we've regressed because the system worked and we won in 2016. So much so now that everything that you say can now be held against you. You have to be put on lists, as, as you said, Andrew. You have to be worried about what, what your employers will see about you and think about you. Hell, I had my profile picture on Facebook screenshot and sent to a group so that people in my coworkers could comment on it. I took it to my manager. I said, listen, you know, I, there should be no issue here. And I'm not going to feel unwelcome just because I share a different opinion. After work, I have no problem to talk to any of you outside. And he said, no, you're free to believe what you want. And I love, you know, my, my management for, for being able to do that and handle that situation. But I might, I, while I might be lucky, others might not. And that's the sad truth of the fact of the matter is. No matter where you go, it's like the walls are closing in on you. So it's not just, oh, well, we can't see, this video isn't being shown, even though we have 13,000, we're lucky to get 1,000 viewers at the end of the week. It's not just that. It's the fact of the matter that eventually you're going to get squeezed out and people, the mob that the left wants, the popular vote, as they would like to disguise it as, will eventually vote to kick you out and send you somewhere to think better for the society. I, I totally agree, man. I, I'm curious to know what you guys think because this is something that I've been I've been mulling over. What do you think is the right accountability for these for these big companies like like Facebook or or uh, or you know uh, Twitter? What do you think that should happen to them? Should they be broken up? Like I'm still trying to figure all that out. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> a loaded question. Um, first of all, I think that there needs to be some sort of intervention on behalf of the American people. If you're going to restrict what someone's allowed to post on what is allegedly their own page, right? It's mm-hmm. supposed to be my page is my is it's mine. It's my account. I have an account with you. I post what I want to post. And if you're going to be censoring that, then there needs to be then there needs to be something done. Because that's not what this is not about. And I've always said that the way that it should be run is there should be almost no oversight on social media. It should be Post you post what you want to post. If I don't like it, I can either ignore it, I can block you, 
or I can speak out against you. I can do any of those things. And I use this example all the time because he's a complete piece of garbage and I can't stand the guy. But Louis Farrakhan should not have been banned from Facebook. I agree. He's a deplorable human being. He's absolutely disgusting. He's the worst type of anti-Semitic. All right. He's just a complete trash. And everything he spews is pure hate. And he's and he's an idiot. It's not even like he's an intelligent person. He has an actual argument. He's a complete moron. He should have the ability to reach his followers on Facebook. And then I can go on his page and say, hey, Farrakhan, you're a jackass. That's the way it should be. That's the American way. It's not Facebook deciding what's right and what is wrong. I'm not for censorship. If you don't like something, speak out against it. Contradict that idea. But the problem is that the left had, like we said before, their ideas are not better than our ideas. Because most of their ideas don't work, haven't worked, or are completely impossible. So when you speak out against them, they have to silence you because there is no comeback. Yep. I would say that, if anything, when we have conversations, we, ex- we expose, and I'm not talking about the average uh, you know, college liberal. I'm talking about those who are embedded within the democratic machine uh, moving forward. Once you have that conversation with them and you kind of like use a Socratic method, you use what they're saying against them, and you're like, does this really work? You expose the fundamental idea, which is control, which is... At the end of the day, it's all about control. It's ensuring that you you stay here and I stay here. You have, and everything's with a pie with these people, you have this much of the pie, while if you have certain criteria, not on merit, but on you know certain sort of intersectionality, some sort of uh, virtue signaling uh, pie, you get this much of whatever's left for them. And that's why I actually um, recommend this book. It's called Hate, uh, Why We Should Resist uh, why should we should resist, resist it with free speech and not censorship? Because we are dumbing down people. We're making people so sensitive where they will yell at you. They'll cry. They'll, they'll get out of character, lose the ability to have a civil discussion, and you lose any sort of ability of moving forward because now you have to stay in that safe space. You have to stay calm. You'll never be able to develop properly because you'll be too worried about how you feel about a certain situation instead of taking matters into your own hands and acting upon them. And this moves on to the greater society as a whole, to our American culture. We are a culture of fighters. That's how this country started. If we didn't fight and if we didn't speak up and if we didn't do what made us not feel comfortable, then we would have stayed a part of the 13 colonies. We would have never had a country free. And that's why, to me, the freedom of speech is one of the most important things. And I know that people say, well, freedom of speech is backed by the Second Amendment, which is very true because it's literally what was forged. This country was forged in fire. And at first, before we shot the first round that was heard around the world, it started with a pen, which at that time was mightier than the sword. And we were able to accomplish many things off of that simple idea. Absolutely. Yeah, I, it's funny because I have conversations with a lot of people about this. And what, one, of the, one of the things that they keep bringing up is this idea of, of, of censorship being a tool used by, let's say, places like Google. I think Google is one of the bigger problems because the way these conversations between right and left or, or whatever, two different opposing worldviews, uh, the way they play out is like, I'll say something and I'll say, and they'll say, all right, where's the proof? And I'll send them a link to Epic Times or I'll send them a link to Daily Wire and they'll say, oh, you mean that right wing news outlet? Because when you type in that in Google, that's what pops up. You know, Daily Wire is a right wing news outlet, controversial figure, Ben Shapiro, whatever. So right away, they discredit any any hope of proof or any willingness to kind of even take in that information because it's already frowned upon. It's already given the scarlet letter and, and it's already said like, oh, this can't be trusted. Same thing happened to me with Project Veritas. It's 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 hilarious with Project Veritas because there's literal videos of things happening with this election and people are, are, are refusing to even take in the information. Oh, it must be scripted. That must be this, this and that because when you type in Project Veritas, it says that it's a controversial news outlet or or whatever whatever Google wants to change it to this week, and um, that to me is one of the bigger things. You know, in order for us to have like a genuine conversation and genuine dialogue, you have to remove the biases like that that things like Google provide, and we have to be able to just look at the evidence objectively and decide what is right and what is wrong. You know what's really ridiculous? They never label like Vox or Daily Beast or the Gotham. It's like this. Oh, it's a far left wing news outlet. No, no, no. It's just. A news outlet. Yeah, yeah. But if it's anything, if you're right wing at all, it's a far right. You know, Ben Shapiro is a far right conservative. Not really. Not he's, really. 
you know, he's 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 not really that far right. Yes, he's a he's an Orthodox Jew, but he's not like he's not an alt right member. He's not like marching in the streets against like in against like gay marriage and stuff like that. He has his own views and he spouts and he puts those views out. But he's always giving he's giving facts to support what it is. Yeah. And the left doesn't want to do that. The left wants edited videos. They want an echo chamber. They want exactly what they want out there, and they only want their stuff to be heard. And like Gabe said before, if they if no one sees it, it didn't happen. If no one gets to see this video, does it matter that we even recorded it? It doesn't. And the fact that and I always look at reach with social media because reach is the thing that matters, right? I, we could put out a video that we think is amazing and everyone else can think it's pure trash. It's 100% possible. Right. But if I have 3,000 followers, 3,400 followers on Instagram and I put out a post and it gets and it reaches 35 people, that's a problem. If we put a post on Facebook where we have 13,000 wonderful followers and it reaches 125 people, that's a problem. That shows you are actively working against people because just by joining the group, people are saying, we want to see this content. We want to see, we want to be a part of this. I think one of the sneaky things that big tech has done in particular, Facebook and Instagram, they've convinced us that we need algorithms. They've convinced us that the algorithm actually works to our benefit when it really doesn't. I remember before Instagram had an algorithm and, and it was coming and everybody was freaking out about it. There'd be these big moguls like Gary Vee and stuff like that talking about how if your content is good, people are going to see it anyway. And that's not the case. You know, now that they're censoring four specific ideas, now they're deciding who gets to see what and how many people get to see what. And the way it worked at first was it was allotted to 100 people to see. And if out of those 100 people, more than 50 saw, then another 500 would get to see and so on and so forth. And what's happened is we've, we've convinced ourselves that that's best for our content when really a pure meritocracy is what would be best for our content. If you have good content, let everybody who follows you see it and then let them share it if they want. And if you don't have good content, then there's no reason for them to stay and they can unfollow mm -hmm. and not watch. And, and I think we've forgotten that idea. We've, we bought into it wholesale and, and nobody even tackles the issue of, of the, of the algorithm itself just being a tool for them, you know, convincing us that these, that these uh, things that are subjectively changing every single day are working to our benefit somehow. It's very, very perverse and, and very weird. I mean, Facebook right. moderators admitted that they were just deleting posts for president that were, you know, positive about President Trump. They just admitted it. They're like, yeah, it's Trump post. It's out of here. <laughs> the best was the the recent one where they decided that anything that had to do with the election, uh, saying that it wasn't solved, they were just going to re remove those videos off of YouTube. So I think we just got removed off of YouTube, by the way, just now. But yeah, that that was that was a crazy, um, a crazy to see how blatant it is at this point that they're not even trying to hide their censorship anymore they're blatantly saying if you don't think that joe biden is officially the president-elect then you are banned from the social media platform and it just goes to show you they they're taking specific ideas of a very specific group of people and that's what they're cracking down on they're not hiding it at all anymore oh yeah no i mean imagine if this was 2016 yeah. how many millions of people were saying how dare president trump be said to be the the president we need to investigate upon investigation we need to never accept this we need to resist what happened to all of that hashtag resist the, the fight the power all this mentality none of none of these people should have been allowed to enter any sort of social media space whatsoever but they were allowed to roam free to spread their hate to spread their their vile venom against everyone that had a dissenting opinion against them and at the end they just end up winning by saying well <laughs> it's all time for unity hunky dory we love each other uh but still if you don't agree with this how dare you you're a danger and a threat to our democracy uh, our democracy our republic what have you and it's it's a shame that that's happening but it's the reality of which we we live in right now and i really can't wrap my head around how people think that this is just okay People should have the ability to elect whatever they want. I have the ability on Facebook to mute somebody if I think that they're being annoying for 30 days. If I really don't like them, I'll unfriend them. If I never want to see their face again, I'll block them. Mm -hmm. You have that ability and control. I remember when Facebook said, yeah, well, we're going to make things and content geared more towards your likes. You know, so the more you comment, they lied. The more you <laughs> <laughs> because I like our page and I don't even see the stuff that, <laughs> that, uh, we, that we put up. I have my own content that I put up on my own, on my own Facebook page at Gabriel E. Montalvo. And 
I've never seen any of your content, Gabe. (laughs) It's never come up on my feed at all. I forgot you had your own page. Yeah, it's like 630-ish, you know, likes and followers. I mean, listen, it's not the biggest thing on Facebook. Yeah, but I follow it, so I should be able to see your content. Right. Right. Well, did you star it and put C first? Because apparently that's something else you have to do. It's like the notification bell on YouTube. They're so good at doing things Mm -hmm. incrementally. And and so you look back on it, you're just like, oh, wow, there's all of these little, uh, I guess, hurdles I have to jump over in order to see one person's content that I subscribed to three years ago. Mm -hmm. YouTube's doing the same thing. I mean, now the subscription box doesn't even make sense. It's it's worthless. Uh, You have the homepage. That's where you get your stuff or the recommended page. And sometimes it doesn't recommend the stuff that, you know, you'd like. Crowder said they kept recommending, what was it? Um, Seth Meyers. And he's like, I don't want to watch Seth Meyers. I've never watched Seth Meyers in my life. I have no need. I have no, no desire to watch Seth Meyers. And they keep telling me after every video I watch to watch Seth Meyers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I, I can't see how anyone really would be fundamentally okay with this for those who say that they actually want unity to come together. They don't want unity. They want everyone to think how they think. That's what they really want. They go, okay, now we're in charge. Just accept that we're in charge and accept everything. We're going to try to shove down your throat. And for the last three years, they've been, they've been calling us all racist and deplorable and bad people because we support the president. And before that, if you didn't like Obama, you were a racist and you were just a bigot or ignorant. You didn't know what you were talking about. He's the greatest president of all time, even though he was actually closer to a tyrant than President Trump ever was with all his executive orders. Obama literally thought his job was to write executive orders from behind his desk and force it through Congress. That's what he thought his job was, which is not the job of the president. But they only want their ideas. What was it? Pete Buttigieg, the the the, the pro life Democrat in whatever state it was. Oh, there's no room in our party for you. Oh right. She's your voter. She is telling you she is going to vote for you, and you say no. There's no room in our party for you. Like they're they're nuts. They are nuts. It's it's a very. Um... It's a very interesting dynamic that happens between people who want to try and break the party line and do something different, um, like Tulsi Gabbard and what she said recently about um, men not being able to, or biological men not being able to play in women's sports. All of a sudden, she becomes a villain of, of the left, and she's going to get pushed the way of Dave Rubin, I think. You know, she's just going to start to tiptoe towards the center and then cross the line into the right a little bit. And I bet you, as soon as she does, as soon as she starts to talk about other things that are in line with more conservative values, she's going to get censored too. She's going to get those disclaimers like we do in Instagram saying this is false information or or this isn't 100% true. This is actually the article. And most of the time, the articles that that's linked to in your Instagram are just random articles that don't really have any sort of substance to them. It's just referencing some Vox article that was written five years ago about the same topic. So it's like Vox is such trash too. It's just like <laughs> really Vox. That's your that's your fact check source. Yeah. So the the, the fact checker thing is so funny because you would you would expect that if their names are fact checkers, they would actually be checking these things. But they're really just kind of cross referencing data and cross referencing keywords, and then just fitting whatever from the left that actually answers that question, even if it doesn't answer it logically, it answers it kind of digitally. No, I, I have to hit on Vox a little bit more because let's do it. it. Like it's really ridiculous. The fact that they ever fact check anybody with any Vox article right after AOC was elected, they said they wrote an article why AOC should run for president right now, even though she's not eligible. And it was a two <laughs> two page article about nothing because she can't run because she's not thirty five. <laughs> That's Vox. That's what Vox is. It's a bunch of garbage written by people who, I don't know, did they go to journalism school? We don't know. But they just decided that they wanted to live in a fantasy world and write articles about what they really wish could happen. Creative writing. Creative writing. Yeah. It's not even creative, though. It's not even, and it's not even real, well written. It's just like, it's, it is one of, it's really, it's one of the worst. It's one of the worst sites. How dare you? <laughs> it's fan fiction, you know, like it's pretty much uh, opinion journalism passing off as news. And that, and that's that's what they try and fact check us with and beat us over the head with. I, I have plenty of friends on the left that send me articles from Vox or the or um, Huffington Post and stuff oh like that, God. as if it's as if it's scripture, you know, as if this is what's actually happening. And then all the delusions of the right wing media outlets are somehow conspiracy theories, even though all of the proof is laid out right there. It, it's becoming very Orwellian, and I'm not using that word lightly. 
Mm-hmm. No, I mean, a hundred percent. I think that one day this will eventually whiplash because so many things will, because eventually so many things will show how far left people will take this. Because at this point, it's going to be people who you, uh, it's going to be people who you'll start to have a difference of opinion. This is partly, partially why I left the left is because I started to question abortion. And people are like, oh, no, it's a woman's right. It's her body. It's like, but I personally don't agree with that. And I start off with a religious argument. And I said, God? And I'm like, how dare you? So, <laughs> Who is this God you speak of? I've never met him. Exactly. So it eventually just started to, you know, they, they eventually pushed me away. And when you have these writers, these, these writers that are now being the gatekeepers of what you should believe in and should not believe in with their fact checks, That'll eventually push you away because they, sometimes you're just like, I can't really stick on this anymore because eventually there comes a point in time where you have to have that realization where you have to stay true to yourself. Now, a lot of Vice should have lost a lot of credibility with those two co-hosts after the with the uh, Jake Paul um, interview. Remember? Oh, was it racist to knock out uh, your opponent because he was a black man? <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. Is it so racist if you're a pitcher in baseball and you strike out a black man? Is that racism? <laughs> Well, that's the point we're going to go, we're going to get to. And eventually it's going to be, oh, well, everything's about race and everything that you have a difference of opinion, it's already going to be racist. And that's what we're already seeing now. Remember, Joe Biden has said many things that have been very questionable, saying that he has created the biggest uh, election scheme or fraud since President Obama. Um, and then that got fact-checked. Apparently he was joking. That's it. They said it's mostly false. I know how to tell a joke. I'm Jewish. I know how to tell a joke. That wasn't a joke. Well, you're also a German. It's surprising you can tell a joke if you're German. Hey, we are funny people, okay? I don't care what anyone says. As Robin Williams asked the question once, do you not think you killed all the funny people? <laughs> the genius of Robin Williams. I love it. Yeah, but like that's what, that's what you have to look at. Like, mostly false. How can someone joke and slip up that much where they say, well, we created the most invasive like most amazing election fraud ever in the country and you're just like Meh. yeah i don't think it's that wrong but if president trump were to say something when president trump said china sent this virus they're lying about their numbers what did he say what did everyone say it's fake news it's fake news how dare you but what happens now cnn finally released the gates and it's like china kind of lied about the you know the, the death rate the code rate and it's oh, like no. now it's news now we can allow it now the ministry of the interior, whatever sort of bureaucratic organization, 1984 name you want to give it, now allows you to understand that information. They're you know declassifying it for our teeny little minds to comprehend. Yeah, it, it all comes down to a moral relativism argument, right? Like if these fact checkers are are checking things according to some relative morality that they have, what's to say that it doesn't change in a month from now? And now what they fact checked last month is now true. Um, it worries me a little bit because like as, as a Christian, I'm worried that all of a sudden the Bible might be considered oppressive or, you know, as a lot of people already think it is, but you know, according to the the Facebook fact checkers might be considered untrue and therefore Christian pages would start getting banned or any pages that talk about God being real would all of a sudden start being censored because, you know, according to their morality, according to their truth, God isn't real. So it's for me, it's not that slippery of a slope to get to that point. And, 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 it, and it worries me because the people that are doing all this fact checking don't necessarily adhere to any specific code of morality. It's kind of just like whatever they're feeling or whatever the trend is at the moment. And I, I personally can't get behind something like that. So that's that's why I try and attack it from from like a, a philosophical standpoint, but also from like a data and like a, a tech standpoint as well, because there's there's no sustainable way to keep this going. You know, if if the left's nickname or whatever is progressive, how much are you going to progress before we get back to to chaos or before we get into chaos? You know, Yeah, but Andrew hit it right on the head is that they don't base their fact checks on facts. Right. So what they do is if the facts don't match up with what they believe, they try and change it. Look what they did with the dictionary right after the Amy Coney Barrett <laughs> hearings. Yeah, they added in right? an offensive area for preference. Look what they've done with the term assault rifle. They've changed yeah. the definition of assault rifle, which is, again, is a made up term. It doesn't actually mean anything because if there's this thing as an assault rifle. You have a semi-automatic rifle. You have an automatic rifle. You have a bolt-action rifle. You have different types of rifles, but none of them are labeled as assault rifles. Right, and it's it's all done because when they lie, 
they can't be proven to have lied. So what do they do? Change this inf this information. Change the source. If yeah. you went to this site, no, go to Webster's Dictionary. Look, we just changed the definition of assault rifle to any AR-15. Yeah. Oh, we just changed, you know, the, the meaning of the word preference to something being offensive if you're talking about sexuality. It's they're they're trying to literally change reality and they always move the goalposts. We already know there is no end game. They have no solution to any problem. There is no end game. There never has been an end game because it started with civil rights, right? They got civil rights went through equal protection under the law, right? Right. And then what? And oh, Jackson. Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson they couldn't make any more money. Yeah. So what they have to do, find a new cause. Look what happened. They got the, the gay rights activists got gay marriage. What they have to do? Oh, no one's giving us money anymore. We need a new cause. It's always about new causes because that's how these people make money. So by not actually having an end line, they can always make money. Always. I'm an environmental activist. Until we have a zero carbon footprint, it is we have to keep fighting, right? You have to keep donating. Well, it's never going to happen. So for the rest of their lives, people who believe in their cause will give them money. It's the world's biggest scam. I think I think you're 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 spot on because one of the big factors is definitely money. Who can actually make money off of these things? Who can actually make money off of the censorship of conservatives? You know, there's a lot to be made for these journalist activist people who are just constantly trying to cancel people. And 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 I think a, along with making money, there's a big part of it that is just um, trying to find meaning, right? You're trying to find some sort of existential purpose in life because. Um, maybe you don't have like a spiritual purpose to your life. So this has become this big monster that you have to defeat. You know, I have to take out all the conservatives off of social media. And that becomes kind of like a, like a, a reason for you to live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to like the definition of things, and I like to take the advice of an actual expert, which was, uh, which were my drill sergeants. They never called a, a, in basic training, we were never said that, we're told that the rifle that you have is an assault rifle. Right. This is a certain type of rifle. We couldn't even call it a gun because it was a rifle because it has rifling in the um, in the uh, upper uh, receiver mm. inside. So what happens? What, so who's right? Am I right? Are we right for just calling it a rifle? Or are you right because you read about it somewhere and you think that you know what you're talking about even though you never actually handled a weapon before in your life? So it's it's all about this this relativity here and i it, it just goes back to what we were saying it, it doesn't matter how it makes you feel if you cannot accept the truth i understand that there's your truth my truth and then the truth but if you at the end of the day you cannot accept the truth about things no matter how hard it is for you you're never going to be able to progress in life but and there only is the truth game this is the problem this term mm -hmm. my truth is garbage there's my viewpoint there's my opinion but there is only one truth there is no variation on truth. That's the problem is that they've made it. This is my truth. And if I speak my truth, if you say anything against it, you're a bigot. So right. my truth is that by banning all guns, we will save the lives of all the children, but not by banning <laughs> abortion. Yeah. Well, abortion doesn't kill children. Only guns do. Well, the left is great at marketing, right? The left is great at branding and making things seem so much more heroic than they actually are. And they take they take little words like you were talking about assault rifle and they repeat it and repeat it and they drill it into your head and then they have celebrities saying it and they're making movies about it. And all of a sudden it becomes embedded in the culture. And let's say you're 16, 17, 18 years old growing up in this culture. That's all you know. I, I've Until I became a conservative, I didn't know that assault rifle wasn't actually a, a thing. I didn't know the breakdown like you like you broke it down just now so it's it just easy to a, wholesale yeah it's not a weapon of war we use it for war and it is issued to the military but it's not inherently a weapon of war it is a tool but the ar-15 isn't even a weapon of war it's a civilian rifle so right. the whole argument is oh well you can't beat the military okay then it's not a weapon of war because if i can't defeat the military with it then it's not a weapon of war no mm -hmm. but it is a weapon of war Okay, so then I need it to fight back against tyrannical government. <laughs> but you can't use that rifle to you, but but you just told me it was a weapon of war. So it's either a weapon of war or it's not. It can't be both. Yeah. I also misspoke. I said rifling in the muzzle. I meant to say in the barrel. Rifling. Yeah, thank God, yeah. I didn't want to call you out on that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I was thinking because I was trying to think, I was like in the upper receiver of the bars of the Yeah, so in the barrel. Um but you know more than I do, man. <laughs> <laughs> um but what and I want to move on, I guess uh, I think we should move on to the what's next for censor you and your experiences in dc uh because you recently held a rally there 
So what was that like for you? Let's let's take the rest of our, our segment here and actually showcase your movement a bit here and the great things that you guys are doing, what you're highlighting. So the floor is yours, Angel, please. For sure. So we, we did our initial event in D.C. because there was so much already happening in D.C. We figured it'd be a, a good time, a good place, especially with the election happening. And there was a lot of interest that was generated. A lot of people were reaching out to us, giving us their stories of how they were banned, how they were censored, um, people that they know that have been censored that are still off, off of social media that we need to connect with. And we just started seeing that there's a big opportunity for stories to be told, first and foremost. So I think, you know, the way the left is great at marketing, I, I kind of, I do digital marketing as a job. So I, I kind of have that niche in me and, and I want to be able to showcase these people and their stories in the most effective way possible. So, you know, we're going to be doing a lot of content focused towards that, telling the stories of people that have been censored, what it's been like, what what life after, <laughs> after social media is. And um, we're also going to be doing another rally in Silicon Valley. So we, we want to take it directly to these to these places and, and let them hear us, let them actually physically see us and, and hear our opinions about all these things, because we may not be able to have like the resources or the finances to settle this legally or in court, but we at least want to make sure that it's brought to the light and, and showcased as an actual problem that we're having as a society. So right now we're just we're just organizing that. Um, it's looking like it's going to be late February that we're going to be in Silicon Valley. And we're just trying to get we're not trying to get speakers We're trying to get, um, you know, all the permits and everything in order and, and make sure that this thing is really worth it for everybody, that people are really excited about it and that people really understand the dangers of censorship and, and social media censorship uh, of conservative voices. That's that's certainly awesome. And what was your experience like? Was that was that the first rally that you guys that you ever like? put together before. Yeah, so I'm a total newbie when it comes to this. Um, I've never organized, I organized like a conference at my job, you know, but that was very by the books, very corporate. This is something that kind of has has to go more by impulse, right? People need to feel something in order to go out and do, and, and do something like this, especially to rally, to protest. So it was definitely a challenge. To, to really get up the, I guess, the gusto for people to get out, get out there and, and go alongside us. But we're learning little by little. And, uh, you know, since we use brand new, like I said, less than a few months old. And, and the more we explore, the more people are kind of partnering alongside us and giving us advice and are willing to help out. And I'm just learning everything I can um, to be an organizer. I mean, Gabe has been an awesome help and just giving me a lot of wisdom on the subject. And uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm absorbing it all and trying to see where, where it all fits in the context of the Censor You movement and what could possibly be next for it. Oh, you see, Evan, I can do good work. <laughs> so what, what's your excuse for the podcast then? Oof. <laughs> Dude, you walked right into that. You walked right into it. I couldn't help myself. No, but it's true, though. And that's what we need to do as conservatives, as people who are victims of, I hate the word victims, but yeah. people who are who have been uh, victims of social media censorship is we have to band together because they're they're smart about it. I mean, they're not that smart about it, but they're relatively smart about it. They go after the little guys because they can't push back. But guess what? If 300 little guys band together. Guess what? Now we have the power of a bigger account. Now we have the power of more people. So that is very important. It is about organizing. Organizing. It is about spreading the message through as many means possible. It's a big reason why I wanted to have you on the show today, because it is something that is very important to me. Social media censorship is not a joke. It's not just, oh, yeah, now you can't rant online. No, I can still rant online. I can do whatever I want. I can just make a new podcast. I'll make it the Joe Biden podcast. Talk about how great how great Joe Biden is if I really wanted to rant. It would be always lies. But I could I could figure out a way to rant as much as I wanted to. That's not the issue. The issue is that this is a serious this is a serious thing that's going on. Censorship is no joke. And again, if my enemies are allowed to speak, I should be allowed to speak. And I believe that both of us should be allowed to speak. I'm not asking for anyone to censor anyone on the other side. I'm asking for no one to be censored. That's what I'm asking for. That's a big point because one of the things that Morgan and I talked about is that we didn't necessarily want this to be a partisan issue. Censorship shouldn't be something that only belongs, or anti-censorship rather, it should be something that only belongs to conservatives. Like voter fraud. Voter fraud should be a nonpartisan issue. Right. So we were trying for a little bit. We were trying to make it like a bipartisan issue, something that has pretty much separate from politics. It's just the government silencing our voices. And the left people on the left just kept coming at us, like just telling us, like, stop being babies just because you lost the election. And like all of this, this stuff that has like they're non sequiturs that have nothing to do with the argument, but they're just kind of inserting it. 
And and so we just decided, like, all right, if this is going to be the game plan, then we're going to run with it and we're going to make sure every Patriot is on board with this. And we're going to make sure that we grab every single person that has been censored in the past or will be or doesn't want to be, that we'll make sure they partner alongside us and and help us bring this thing, you know, help it bubble up to the surface. Uh, one of the one of the things that the left does so well like is, is marketing. So we want to be able to kind of use that same thing against them. We want to be able to to tell great stories of these people and all of the work that they've been doing. I mean, one of the, one of the people that comes to mind is a conservative Latino. His name is Anthony. Uh, he's one of the reasons that I'm red pilled right now. You know, like he's one of the reasons that I really became a conservative, just looking at his stuff and to see what's happening to his page. I'm blown away at the fact that every time he posts something, there's some like, there's some disclaimer from Instagram or he's not allowed to post it or it gets deleted. That, that just can't happen. That is just not allowed to, that shouldn't be allowed in a free country. You know, we should, we should be allowed to voice our opinions openly, freely, without worrying about consequences or without fearing losing our jobs. Like Gabe said, all of this stuff has gone way, way too far and we need to com combat it very severely with our speech, with, uh, with good tools like, like branding and with tools like this, like this amazing podcast. So that's really where, where I'm sitting and, and I hope that I could take this to, to the next level, you know? Yeah, no, what's happened to Anthony is really disgusting. Like, I tried to like one of, I wouldn't let me like one of his posts, and then I tried to comment, and it said commenting was disabled. Wow. Yeah, it's just, like, com like completely ridiculous. And his account's pretty big. I was very shocked. Yeah. You know, I was shocked when our account was, you know, deleted, or and our followers were being deleted off of our page, and no one was able to find us. I wasn't shocked. I wasn't. Mm -hmm. Because they know. What am I going to do? going to send yeah, them 3,000 emails? Yeah, that's what I did. That's how I got our page back. <laughs> it's a lot of people that are on the cusp of becoming like I guess mainstream becoming for lack of a better analogy the next Candace Owens it's all these people that are right at that threshold that are are being suppressed and censored and shadow banned because they don't want another Candace Owens on their hand they don't want another I don't know Alex Jones you know causing trouble and stirring up stuff so you know I can I can see why Anthony would have gotten banned for sure yeah definitely I mean listen when it comes to all of this, uh, combating whenever when people say that this is offensive to themselves or whatever opinion they may have, you have to remember that you risk offending someone else every time you open your mouth to speak. And that is a risk we take in day to day life. Normal people risk that because we all deserve to be heard. We all deserve to have a voice. And that is something that is no longer it's something that's no longer allowed anymore and that's what i find is making this country as a whole weaker the world really because it's happening in other countries too so you're making it weaker and you're really and these people are really exposing themselves for who they really are and what it's really about it's not about protecting you it's about controlling you it's about controlling how you think how you feel and they can literally guide you into feeling better about yourself or to or you know to Remove the scary conservative or the scary leftist from your life. It's mostly like right now the scary conservative. And bombing you with these little dopamine rushes of other things that you think that you enjoy. But nobody ever fact checks Occupy Democrats. There's never that little notification underneath the post. There's no ever, there's not what they're doing to Donald Trump right now on his Twitter, which is, are you sure you want to like it? Come on. Let's be real here. The Don't fact that like they're doing that to the president sure. of the United there's no, States. There's no that, that 10 step process to be able to, to share that. And that might not be considered content to some people, but for a lot of people, it is because it's being consumed. This stuff is being consumed by, by people. And now you're not, now you're completely blocking that access. And that's happening to other people now. Oh, this has to do with the election results. The algorithm is not telling you what's, what's up with the election results when it, Half the time, it doesn't have anything to do with it. It's just saying, we find this is fraud. The Associated Press has decided. The Associated Press has called. Joe Biden is this <laughs> and that. Everything. How dare you? And that's really all that I have, you know, left to say. I mean, like, like with that Kyle Rittenhouse thing, they deleted it from my from my Instagram. And from there, I was I was shadow banned from there. And I would literally see people, 30 people would, would unfollow me in one day. Now, I understand that my page is, you know, perfect for everyone to follow and everyone needs to follow me. But 30 people at one time, six people, 10 people, like, uh, throughout a week? Okay, when I, re when I repost something from a larger account, it gets, like, 2,000 to 5,000 likes. Anything, anything that is an original post reaches 50 people. Reaches 50 people. 
Yeah. So, That's the biggest joke. Yeah. I can repost from an account with 200K followers and get a ton of interaction and start shooting up with followers, right? Not my content, just reposting. Anything, anything original. And I've only gotten positive feedback about this podcast from people who I've met at, at events, from people on social media, people who don't even agree with me. To be like, listen, you're a lot more conservative than me, but I love the show. I watch it anyway. And I appreciate that. And the whole thing is allowing, you have to allow people to make decisions for themselves. But the left doesn't want that. Because when the people decide for themselves, they won't pick the left. The majority of people won't. Because the ideas are bad. Because they know that it's ridiculous. No one want, No one with half a brain wants socialism. No one with half a brain wants to tax the rich into poverty. These <laughs> ideas are garbage. Everyone knows that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I agree. Evan, are we going to continue? We're going forward? We're pushing on the hour mark. All right. As so much that, as I'd love to have, right, unless as, I as, want to have Angel. Listen, we got to make sure that this fits onto... Uh, Onto Instagram. All right, so our Time Nazi Gabe has told us that we are out of time for today, so we are going to stop our show. Meet up for a drink after this in Jersey, you know, since we're not closed and you guys are. Oh, I'm so, I'm not allowed. No, Yo, you're not allowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, we, we got banned. The New York Republicans Club. Oh, right. Gabe would have to quarantine coming back home. But Angel, why don't you tell the folks at home where they can find out more about you and the Censor You movement online? Sure. So if you want to follow Censor You Movement, we're on Instagram and on Twitter at Censor, the letter U movement uh, spelled out. And if you want to follow me, I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, underscore Angel Kuros, just like it's spelled at the bottom there. It's a very YouTube thing to do right there. But thank you guys so much for having me on, man. It's, it's been awesome. No problem. Thank you so much for coming on. Gabe, why don't you give people your 7,000 different social media handles? <laughs> All right. So if you are on Instagram, please uh, check out Baron B A R O N dot Montalvo. Uh, and if you're on Twitter, it is Baron underscore Montalvo. If you're on Facebook, Gabriel Lee Montalvo. And if you support the Hispanic Conservative Movement and you're in New York, please type in uh, Republican National Hispanic Assembly uh, or Republican National Hispanic Assembly New York chapter uh, or RNH in New York, and we'd be happy to have you. Uh, we're excited to continue to work with some of these great people. Uh, Angel is, has been working with us uh, as well. And if you are a young Republican, we are expanding into Jersey. Just kidding. Uh, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Uh, but if you if you are a New York Republican, uh, I am the activism chair. So please feel free to reach out to me at activism at nyyrc uh, dot com. Yes, dot com. Uh, and uh, be sure to reach out to us. Come to our events. Uh, we'd love to work with you. All right, guys, and make sure you follow us on Instagram at Empire St underscore Empire State Conservatives on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives on Twitter at Empire State Cons and on Parlor at Empire State Conservatives and on YouTube, which has shadow banned us from the beginning at Empire State Conservative Network. And for that, everybody stay safe and don't let fear take your freedom. Mm -hmm.